today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You're a sinner! That preaches, doesn't it? <laughs> You're a dirty, rotten, stinking sinner! <laughs> when you embrace that, and you realize that, and you understand that, and you accept that, and you acknowledge that, guess what? I need a Savior. That's the point! I need Jesus. I told you. I don't need Jesus if I'm not a sinner. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. We all know how tough the truth can be to hear. Pastor J.D. reminds us today that it's rare anymore to find a church that teaches the truth without dumbing it down. We don't learn from sweet nothings. We learn from hard truths. Dumbing down the gospel won't change anyone because it's the Holy Spirit who does that. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 8 as he continues his message, The Real Jesus. The detailed account that's recorded in the book of Exodus chapter 25 when Moses was given these, I mean, talk about details, and it's actually true, the writer of Hebrews, that was not detailed. And that's why he says we don't have time to go into the details. (laughs) It's very detailed, and every detail is about Jesus and points to the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work, finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Now, the original tabernacle in and of itself is both a picture of the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. I'm going to try to go through this. Please just stay with me. The tabernacle, a temporary dwelling place, a tent. Jesus, temporarily with us in tent form, bodily form. The tabernacle, born in the wilderness. Jesus, born in a manger. The tabernacle, humble in its outward appearance. Jesus, humble in His appearance. The tabernacle, this is interesting, beautiful and full of riches inwardly, not outwardly, Inwardly, the gold, I mean, wow. Jesus, beautiful, and offers his riches inwardly. The tabernacle was, it's believed, in place for about 33 years. Jesus lived for about 33 years. The tabernacle, God's glory dwelt in it. Jesus, God's glory dwells in him. The tabernacle, where God meets man. Jesus is how we meet and get to God as man. The tabernacle, in the midst of the Israelites' camp. Jesus, He's in our midst. The tabernacle, the law, was preserved, remember, in the Ark of the Covenant, the tablets, the law. Jesus, the law was fulfilled the tabernacle, a place of sacrifice. Jesus, He was placed as the sacrifice. The tabernacle, a place of worship. Jesus, He is the focus of our worship. Now, 
just the arrangement of the seven articles, the seven furnishings. You have the altars of sacrifice, altar of incense, the table of showbread, and it was divided into three sections. Everything was exact and precise. And the arrangement of these seven articles, none of which were seating furnishings, because <laughs> they, they required work all the time, because the work was never finished, but they were in the shape, arranged in the shape of a cross, before a cross was even thought of. Not only was the tabernacle itself a picture of the cross, so too was the formation of the camps of the Israelites with the tabernacle in the center. That also was a picture of the cross. And here's how we get there. In Numbers chapter 2, we have this list of the numbers. Makes sense, right? The book of Numbers is about numbers. Gets a lot of bad press. It's a very fascinating book, by the way. So we have a list of the numbers of the 12 tribes of Israel that were organized, separated into four groups of three tribes each, camped to the north, the south, the east, and the west. Again, the tabernacle, the Levites, the priestly tribe, was right smack in the middle. Now we have those exact numbers. And we're told that Judah was at the head of the camp to the east with those numbers, Reuben to the south, Ephraim to the west, Dan to the north. And you take those numbers and you stretch them out, for lack of a better way of saying it, and you see that they would have shaped and formed a cross with the tabernacle right smack in the middle of that camp of the Israelites. You know, when you get to Numbers chapter 22, that well-known story about Balak paying Balaam big bucks to curse Israel, and he couldn't, no matter how he tried, no matter how much he was paid. And instead, what would come out of his mouth was this glorious blessing. You know why? Because the camp that he was trying to pronounce this curse on was in the shape of a cross, Jesus Christ, that that pictured and foreshadowed, and there is now no curse, no guilt, no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We can't be cursed. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of Jesus Christ because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that's why you couldn't curse them. How about that? <laughs> okay, I think that is so cool. Now, let's talk about the materials. Now, when you're going through this, you're thinking, oh my goodness, what? Again, this is TMI. Too much information. Why do I need to know this? Well, the materials used in the tabernacle are both a picture of the person of Jesus Christ and also the finished work on the cross. Gold is a picture of his deity. Silver is a picture of redemption and the 30 pieces of silver, his betrayal that was paid to Judas for our redemption. Bronze is always a picture of fire and judgment. Blue is the dye of a shellfish in several different hues and is a picture of heaven. Blue is always a picture of heaven. Purple is from the murex snail, a purple red color and a picture of his royal majesty. Scarlet, this is interesting, is from a worm, the coccus illicus, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, I'm sure I'm not. This worm 
this is in the Psalms, the Messianic Psalms. I want to say it's Psalm 22. I, I might be mistaken. This particular worm, Jesus refers to himself as a worm. This worm will affix itself to a tree and die on that tree. And it will excrete this scarlet fluid to give birth. That is a picture of Jesus Christ and his death taking the curse of mankind when he died and was hung on that tree. Fine linen, this is a picture of his holiness. Goat hair coverings. Would you ever want to decorate your house with goat hair coverings? Are you kidding me? They were usually black and coarse. Well, this is a picture of the atonement, the scapegoat. Ram skins, no thank you. Well, they were used. And customarily, they would have the wool removed, and they would be this fine leather, which is a picture of his sacrifice, the ram. Think Isaac with Abraham. They had the ram that was used as the sacrifice instead. And by the way, Isaac is a picture of Jesus. Uh, Joseph, I mean, amazing picture of Jesus. All throughout Scripture you have these types. Moses himself is a type of Christ. Badger skins, again, no thank you. <laughs> they were used for shoes as protection for the feet. This is a picture of bringing the good news of peace with God. The shoes of the readiness of the gospel, Ephesians 6, part of the armor. Acacia wood, very strong wood. From out of dry ground, it has thorns on it. Isaiah 53, 2, which we'll get to soon. Jesus is pictured as a root out of dry ground. And there's no outward beauty that we would desire him. And here's another very interesting thing. The Arab people, my people, would pierce the side of the acacia trees to get this gummy balm, which is actually used medicinally as a healing ointment. And this is a picture of the wooden cross, his crown of thorns, his pierced side, and by his stripes we are healed. He was bruised for our iniquity. I'm getting ahead of myself again. That's coming up now. There was four specific colors that were used for the first covering in the tabernacle, and they're a picture of Jesus Christ, and actually a type and a foreshadow of the four Gospels and how Jesus is represented. Purple represents royalty again, and Matthew presents Jesus as the King of the Jews. Scarlet represents sin, and Mark presents Jesus as the suffering servant. White represents purity, and Luke presents Jesus as righteous humanity. And blue represents the heaven, and John presents Jesus as deity. And by the way, uh, John 1.14, in fact the whole chapter, a chapter so explosive that Jehovah Witnesses had to rewrite it. <laughs> no, I'm serious actually, by the way. Because it completely dismantles their uh, doctrine that Jesus is in God. So in the beginning was the Word, the Word became flesh. You get to verse 14, and it says that the Word became flesh and tabernacled amongst us. The Word became flesh and tabernacled in the center amongst us. The Word became flesh. God became a man. God became flesh. So now let's get to real quick. Yo, is everybody okay? Should we bow our head, close our eyes? You can slip out. We won't say anything. 
the details of and numbers used for the second covering in the tabernacle also are a picture. So this is interesting. You have this goatskin, black with bronze. This is a picture of Satan, sin, and judgment. And then Moses was instructed to bring 11 curtains together. 11. Why not 12? Why not 10? Because 11 is the number of discord. And in the 11, there was the five and then the six. Why? Because five is one set of curtains. Five is the number of grace. And the six is the other set of curtains. Six is the number of man. God created man on the sixth day. And seven is the number of completion, by the way. And we see this throughout all of Scripture. Now, let's talk about the measurements of the third and fourth coverings uh, in the tabernacle. Again, a picture of Christ. The boards of acacia wood out of the desert were taken out of the world by him. The boards were to be set with the east opening. We're coming back with him, the eastern gate, after the seven-year tribulation, by the way, at the second coming. Boards of equal height. Why? Because we're equal in him. There's no distinction between Jew or Gentile. Now, the boards were to be one and a half cubits wide. Why? That's an incomplete number because we're incomplete without him. Boards could only stand when linked. Why? Because we're linked because of him. The boards were three cubits wide when linked. Why? Because we're completed in him three, the number of the Trinity. The boards stayed up in sockets of silver. Why? Because silver, the metal of redemption, we were redeemed by him. Boards covered in gold. Why? Because we're clothed by him. Gold, a picture, a type of deity. And the boards were kept together by five bars. Five, the number of grace. We are saved by grace. Gold rings united the boards and the bars. And gold is a type of deity. It's a picture of God himself and his love and the unity with the rings. Oh, I'm leaving so much out. If I went through every single one of these, we'd be here till the rapture, which would be fine, I guess, but we're almost done. This is interesting. The detailed colors of the curtains. This is where we see his body and his blood. These curtains were a picture of the body of Jesus Christ. The curtain was blue and purple. His body was bruised blue and purple. The curtain was scarlet. His body bled. It was the blood, the scarlet blood when he died and his blood was shed. The curtain was white linen. You'll forgive me, but this was because his bones, white bones, shone through. Important to understand that none of his bones were broken When his body was broken, it was the skin of his body that was broken and torn and it exposed his bones. You know, I I know there's been uh, those that have done a much better job than I ever could at describing this with certainly much more tact. (laughs) But you understand that when Jesus 
uh, was crucified, he was virtually unrecognizable. You would not have recognized him. He was that beaten and bloodied. The details now concerning the curtain used in the tabernacle, again, picture the person of Jesus Christ. The curtain separated man from the glory of God. The Christ, man falls short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. The curtain torn top to bottom when he gave up his spirit, the Christ, he becomes sin top to bottom, Matthew 27, 50 and 51. The curtain no longer keeps me from his presence and glory. The Christ, I can come boldly into his presence, his throne of grace. That was Hebrews 4, 16, if you might remember. All right, lastly, say the best for the last. This is, I mean, this is the best way to kind of sum it all up. Blue. He left his heavenly, purple, place of royalty, scarlet, to pay the penalty, white, giving to us purity, gold, then being deity, wood, prepared for humanity, silver, redemption for eternity. That's the real Jesus right there, right there. Not some you know, uh, hey, let's tone it down. Let's, uh, let's soften it up, you know. No! Sorry, I just woke a couple people up. Welcome back. Glad to have you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's a gift. It's actually a cultural thing, too. But, um, you know, <laughs> growing up, my parents, you know, they, they, they were talking, but it seemed like they were always angry because the Arabic language is a very rough language, you know. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, he's basically telling somebody you love him. Yes. Really? I know I always compare it to French. It's such a smooth language. I mean, my goodness. Voulez-vous avoir? Oh, thank you so much. You probably just cursed me to my face, but it sounded really good. Smooth. All right, well, I want to end this way. The Jesus of today has been uh, sort of cleaned up, made a little bit more user-friendly. So the Jesus that people in church today sing about is not the Jesus of the Bible. They're kind of sanitizing it. We don't want it to be so bloody. So there's no mention of the blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. Crucifixion, as horrific as it was, No, we don't want to talk about that. In fact, you know what? We want people to come back next week. So let's not just blast them right out of the chute, you know, like this is back on the mainland. This guy tells me after one of my sermons, he said, you know, sitting under your teaching is like drinking water out of a fire hose. (laughs) I said, praise the Lord. (laughs) Hope you're thirsty. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just like, you know, hey, we, you know, let's just, you know, let's just kind of, you know, walk into this. You know, we don't want to offend them. What? The gospel is offensive. I'm very offended. Into heaven. Well, we don't want to offend them. Well, what are you going to do? Flatter them into hell? See, I know it's very offensive to say, you're a sinner. That preaches, doesn't it? (laughs) You're a dirty, rotten, stinking sinner. 
<laughs> when you embrace that, and you realize that, and you understand that, and you accept that, and you acknowledge that, guess what? I need a Savior. That's the point. I need Jesus. I told you. I don't need Jesus if I'm not a sinner. And then you can go to a church today. I didn't mean to go there, but I did. (laughs) You guys are so gracious to me. You love me so much, I know. Feelings are mutual, by the way. You can go into a church today, and that's not the Jesus of the Bible. You know, it's uh, interesting. I was thinking about this. If there is any kind of an invitation, which there isn't really, really the gospel's not being preached. The Jesus of the Bible, the real Jesus is not being preached. And even if there's this copy or, you know, this other Jesus that's being preached, and if there is an invitation, then what Jesus are they coming to? Are they coming to a world-friendly Jesus that's, you know, hey, we're accepting of everyone. When I start talking about critical race theory and the Jesus of critical race theory, that's not the Jesus of the Bible. That's not the real Jesus. And so if you're preaching this social justice gospel, that's not the gospel. You know, there are different gospels and there are different Jesuses. But there's only one real Jesus, and that's the Jesus of the Bible. I did my best, Lord. (laughs) You're going to have to take it from here and do the rest. (laughs) And you always do. You always, just you're so gracious, Lord, and uh, you're so merciful. You, You have people hear a different sermon than the one I preach so many times, and that's a good thing, Lord, because that's the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit to take this now and, and really begin that process. And it is a process. For some, maybe it's a process of coming back to you, Jesus, the real Jesus, because we've settled for something so much less. We've settled for the picture, but we long for you, the person, Jesus. Lord, I pray that today would just be one of those days. And I know this is for someone here, maybe someone watching online, just where we get real with you, (laughs) the real you. And Lord, when we do, would you just, as only you can, just... We need you, Jesus, especially with everything that's happening in the world today. We need you now more than ever, more than ever before, at any other time in our lives. This is like nothing we've ever seen before, nor is it something we're likely to ever see again. And Lord, I thank you that you're using what's happening to bring people to you. Some for the first time, some are coming back to you, Lord, because of what you're allowing. This is meant for evil, but you, O Lord, are meaning it for good, for the salvation of many this day, as only you can. So, Lord, thank you. 
We want to know you, Jesus. We want to know you, Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you heard today may have encouraged you in your faith. There are many revered Bible characters mentioned in the book of Hebrews, people who lived ordinary lives but amounted to much in God's eyes when it came to faith. Perhaps you might be the same. You're living your very ordinary life, striving to live for God, but sometimes you make some harebrained decisions. Thankfully, God's looking at your life and your faith as a whole. This should be encouraging to you. You don't have to live up to perfection. Continue following this series with us in the book of Hebrews to gain additional glimpses of faith lived out. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D., You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Hebrews. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God has been putting on his heart. Faith is something that's ongoing, so keep it up. Join us again on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.